This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. So this will be the last sermon that we'll do on Christ's carols. We've been thinking about these songs of faith that have been meaningful to us, many of which we've sung over and over and over again, and often we don't really think about the words, we just sing them, and that's a great thing to do. You don't always have to think about what you're singing, but sometimes it is good to think about what you're singing because the authors of these carols, they have great stories, right? We talked about Charles Wesley and the number of hymns that he wrote, you know, 6,000 different hymns. So he was drawing on a well of faith at a different, a difficult time in the life of his country, and he God used he and his, and his brother to, to create a movement, and it's really a powerful thing. And so sometimes we'll explore down deep the story of the, the author, or we'll look at the, the lyrics of the hymn and consider them in a new way. And uh, this morning we're going to do a little bit of work uh, with some grammar and see how important correct grammar is when you're singing a Christmas carol. It's going to be really exciting, trust me. So, and I, I don't know if you've noticed this, uh, but today we're gonna, I'm preaching from Luke chapter 2 verses 8 and following, which will be the third time during this Advent season I preach from Luke 8. So if you knew that in advance, uh, please see me after the service, and I'll give you a piece of Jesus' birthday cake for knowing that. Okay, so please stand with me for the reading of God's Word. This is a familiar passage to us, especially this season. Now, verse 8 and following. We're going to read a little bit longer, uh, all the way to 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they, had, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord, for this true story of your grace and of your mercy about Jesus and how he was born. And today we celebrate uh, his birthday. We thank you for coming. And we pray that as we just consider this old carol, that it would encourage us and give us strength for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Well, commas are very important. You've got to have a comma in the right spot. Uh, just consider this statement. Let's eat grandma. 
let's eat grandma. It's totally changed by a sentence or a comma, let's eat grandma. It has a whole new meaning. Having the comma in the phrase is vitally important. And so there's a comma. I want you to get out your, uh, your lyrics for God rest ye merry, gentlemen, and notice where the comma is. It seems kind of like it's in the wrong spot, right? God rest ye merry, gentlemen. When I read the line, the, the, the title of this, the carol, I think it should say, God rest ye, merry gentlemen. Right? That merry is an adjective describing the gentleman. It doesn't really make sense to me. And that's why it's good for us when things don't make sense to explore uh, the meaning of the words that are in the sentence so that we can have a greater understanding. Because it sounds like we're asking God to help rest the happy gentlemen so that nothing may dismay them. But we need to understand the old definitions of the words so we can understand what the carol is really actually saying. The original word merry means to us happy. We think when we wish someone a merry Christmas, we're wishing them a happy Christmas. And you know, our, our friends across the pond uh, in, in England, they say happy Christmas. But we say merry Christmas, and to us it feels the same way. Um, the original word merry, though, doesn't mean happy. It means strong. God rest you strong, gentlemen. You know, Robin Hood's band of merry men were not necessarily simply happy men, although they may have been happy. Robin Hood's merry men were strong men. God rest you strong, gentlemen. And then the verb rest. God rest you. The original word rest means to make. God make you strong, gentlemen. Now once you see that, the entire meaning of the carol suddenly sort of changes, doesn't it? Instead of, instead of hey, take it easy, you happy guys. Now that's a wonderful word to Christians, right? We need to be saying that too. Hey, you know, be happy, you guys, you gals. But it's interesting, it's different. It says, to be strong in the Lord. God make you strong, comma. And the comma is essential. God make you strong, gentlemen. Don't be dismayed about anything. Remember, Jesus Christ, our Savior, was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. Well, that's the good news, isn't it? The good news of the gospel, the announcement about what God has done, that is what makes us strong, that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, was born. Now, we don't necessarily believe that Jesus was actually born on December 25th. There's a whole uh, lot of thought about that and when he was actually born, but this is the day in our culture in this season where we observe it. We don't really know when it was, maybe it was in the spring, but we know that this is the time of year when we're really focusing on Jesus' birthday. We're, we're wanting to celebrate it, and we celebrate it today, but because of it, Jesus has saved us from Satan's power. All of us. All of us who, according to the carol, have gone astray. Astray from God's word. The reason we rejoice is because a Savior has come to do what? To save us. From what? from sin and from Satan. That's the good news of the gospel, this announcement about what God has done. 
to win back those who were lost, to forgive their sins and to make them his own again. It's an amazing thing. And so the rest of the song, if you follow along through all of the lyrics and you look at everything, it, it traces this account in the Gospel of Luke. Now we're only going to sing a few of the six stanzas uh, this morning following the sermon. Thank you, Betty Sue. But we are going to sing, if you look through the lyrics of the whole, you'll see the whole story of, of Luke chapter 2. The, the father announces Christ's birth. Fear not, then says the angel. Then the shepherds rejoice. They go to Bethlehem to see the child. And then we are invited to sing praises. It's a song that really just tells the story of the ancient story. This wonderful refrain. Uh, while we may forget the words to many of the different stanzas, we remember the refrain. O tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Tidings of comfort and joy. So I love this refrain because it captures what it means to be a Christian. We Christian women and men are made strong through comfort and joy. The focus of the carol really is verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The King James Version puts it this way, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all the people. Fear not, tidings of comfort, good news of great joy tidings of joy. So fear not, tidings of comfort. The angel says to the shepherds, do not fear, in a sense, brings comfort to them because they are afraid because of the angels and their great glory. Jesus brings comfort to them and he brings comfort to us. Uh, in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is also described as the comforter. God is a God of comfort. Uh, listen to these verses from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. <laughs> you hear that word repeated, comfort. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ, we share abundantly in comfort too. If we're afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you also will share in our comfort. Well, that's a powerful package that you passage that you could really unpack. This idea that as we suffer, we need people to suffer with us. And that's what you're doing when you comfort someone, when you uh, alleviate their feelings of distress. You actually take away that which is causing them pain. Now, in Latin, calm is together, fortis is strength. Calm fortis, together strength. To strengthen, Jesus brings comfort. He brings strength because we aren't able. Tidings of comfort aren't necessarily an easy life or a happy ending. It doesn't mean that we're always going to get what we want. We know good and well we don't always get what we want. But we have the Lord who brings his comfort. And he brings it to those who are afflicted. He comforts the afflicted. But he also afflicts the comfortable those who think they have it all together, 
God often afflicts so they will see that their own solutions aren't, the, aren't real solutions, just as Cecile was sharing us, with us. I, I had this plan, and these, this is the way it was going. And God allowed her to experience difficulty and hardship so that he would be great to her. Tidings of comfort mean that the one who was willing to submit himself to suffering and to pain in an ultimate sense and was able to conquer without sin has made himself available to us in the midst of our hardship and our suffering. We don't need someone to give us advice. We need someone to act on our behalf. Someone who has really been with us and has experienced it himself. So when you're going through something hard, right? When you think about the hardest moment of your life, what do you need more than anything? You need your friends or your family members or someone that you love and trust to just come and be with you, to suffer with you. Not necessarily to say, hey, it's going to be fine. Like, like Job's friends offering these solutions or explanations or, you know, it'll work out in the end or, or here's why this is happening. Maybe God is teaching you a lesson. God is always teaching us lessons. What do you want the most is when you're facing something hard is your friend just to come over and to weep with you. The Bible says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Just to come and sit and to say, I'm here. And then what Jesus does, he comes to be near to us. Tidings of comfort. This also reminds us that God is a God who is there. Emmanuel, we're thinking about that. The God who is with us. The one who is there in the midst of the storm. The one who knows that even though the waves crash, God is ready to be with us, to enter into the suffering and the sorrow and the difficulty. We need tidings of comfort, but we also need tidings of joy. The angel says, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all the people. Uh, the word for good tidings is euangelion, right? Anyone know what that means? Euangelion. It's related to evangel. Right? The pronouncement of the good news, evangel, evangelism, is literally the good news of what God has done. It's an announcement about what God has done. He's taken action on our behalf. He sent his son to rescue us, to save us, to give us new life. When we were astray, to bring us back into his family. We don't need advice. We need a reminder of what God has done, the God who has acted for us. This is the good news, the gospel he didn't send Jesus to start a new religion or to set a good example for us. He didn't come so we could be better people. He came because we needed to be restored into right relationship with himself. And because he's done so, then we can respond in joy. Tidings of joy is that sense that we have because of what God has done for us. We know that joy doesn't come from our circumstances or our surroundings, but rather what we've received by faith through the gospel. Psalm 16 says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. That can't be found in a box, a gift box, no matter how beautiful the wrapping is. You can't get that from a delicious meal. You can't get that from a fun vacation. Now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying life, right? Because embedded in the word enjoying is the word joy. We want to enjoy the beauty of God's creation, the fellowship of friends, and the things that God has given to us. We want to enjoy those things, but we know that ultimately those things can never bring us the true and lasting joy that we must have through the person of Jesus Christ. And when we experience Jesus, then we can enjoy all those other things in the right way. When we're filled with God's presence, then we can experience joy in the midst of it all. And sometimes it takes the disappointment of the world 
in the, in the things that we look to letting us down for us to really see the joy that we can find in Christ. And think about it, when you were, when you were young, what was Christmas about? Getting presents. What kind of presents are you going to get? Making a list, waking up early, opening up those presents. And that was a great thing. You couldn't sleep the night before because you knew as soon as the sun was up, you were going to open up those presents. But then as you grow later, it becomes about giving gifts. And what can we buy for the people who are around us? What can we give? Because we want to see the expression of joy as they open up a package. You go, oh, wow, it's a Red Rider BB gun. Anyone? Another line? You shoot your eye out. Thank you. You get that. You, you want to see your child or your person, right? Open up that present and go, wow, this is, this is amazing. But then as the presents come and go and Christmas, Christmases roll on and on, we realize there's something more valuable even than that face that people make. It's just the, simply the, their face is to be with them, is to spend time celebrating the blessing of family and friends and being able to have fellowship, being able to come to church in your pajamas, being able to share the moments of life with people. And the gifts are important and the meals are fun and the decorations are great, but it's really just being together. But we also know then because of relationships, things are difficult, right? When you have people in your life, there can be conflict, there can be tension. And that's just the way it is. Relationships are complicated. So what is it that gives meaning to us? Maybe it's that shared suffering that we've gone through in the difficult seasons. And you know, hey, we're just glad to be together this year, to be able to have a worship service, to be able to have a tree, to be able to share a meal, because it's been a hard year for whatever reason. We're just glad to be together. When you share that suffering, when you have that difficulty, that's when you realize, hey, this is the most important thing, that we're just, <laughs> we're making it today. We woke up, we were able to wake up and to be together. That gives you a greater appreciation for the most simple and wonderful things. You see, God is gracious to us when we turn to him for our hope and joy. We find that even when, um, when the gifts aren't perfect or the relationships aren't perfect, that God, he actually is. He is enough. And that sharing him with other people is what really brings us joy. So friends, remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. He saved us all from Satan's power while we were gone astray, giving us tidings of comfort and joy. Tidings of comfort and joy. Will you pray with me? Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.